This week on The Gray Area, Stephen Markley, author of the novel The Deluge, on why he was compelled to write an epic book about climate change. If 50 years from now we have used this period in history to turn the corner on the climate crisis, and you and I and everybody listening to this was a part of that, that is an incredible way to spend one's life. That's This Week on The Gray Area, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ascended, and you only need a first name. I am Simone. (laughs) When you haven't been on the show in a week and you forget (laughs) how to do the intro. Wow, who are you guys? Allegra Frank. Hello. I thought we were going to answer your question, but you answered your own question. Wait, did I ask a question? You said, who are you guys? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, Chelsea? (laughs) I'm Chelsea. Okay, and who are you? Ashley. Good. Okay, that's all cleared up now in a very non-confusing fashion. (laughs) Welcome to The Polygon Show, Polygon's own wonderful podcast about video games and entertainment things. Today we have a very exciting show for you, because Chelsea just got back from GDC, so she's going to be talking about some cool games that she saw there. And we're also going to be talking about Sekiro, which is the latest... Sekiro Shadows Die Twice! (laughs) Which is the latest game from From Software. (laughs) Uh, The makers of Dark Souls, delicious things, difficult games that make me want to cry. And then at the bottom of the show, uh, we're going to be talking about Jordan Peele's new movie, us and i i think we're gonna try to be like very no spoilery about that but just heads up heads up and we'll give you another heads up before we go into it if you want to watch it before we start talking about it yeah before we get into all that uh hey if you listen to this show uh vox media has a podcast survey right now at voxmedia.com slash pod survey we want to know what you think about the podcast listening experience so we can better serve you. It will literally take you like five minutes to fill out and you can do it on your phone. So go check out voxmedia.com slash pod survey. Spelled the way that you would spell survey, not like I pronounced it just now. Didn't you guys miss me? (laughs) Chelsea. Yes, Simone. How was San Francisco? It was lovely. It's, It's kind of a... Crap city. But, you wow, know. you sound really happy about having gone to GDC it last was week. Wonderful. Okay, you do real. I, I have <laughs> been traveling from Friday, what the fifteenth to Monday. Yesterday morning is when I returned to New York. So wow, I, am, I sleepy <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> she sleep. Uh, and then we're going to PAX tomorrow. So yeah. you know, we are recording this on Wednesday. By the time you listen to it, we will be physically at PAX. About to do a panel. You could listen to this episode right you before. You probably won't. <laughs> right wow. before they enter the panel, they could listen to our episode. I mean, yeah. they could listen to the episode during the panel. Yeah, that's fine. That'd okay. be a bit rude, but I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't I wouldn't complain. All the fans in Nebraska are not allowed to listen to the podcast Sorry, during our panel. Can you guys imagine if we get up there, we start the panel, it's like, hey, PAX East! And then everyone pulls out a big pair of noise-canceling <laughs> headphones. And just puts them That's on. That's totally fair. Honestly, really, I anytime wish they would. anyone asks me, like, I love your show, I, I listen to it all the time. I'm like, why? Yeah. 
But you know what? It's a great show. It'll be nice. It'll be nice and low stress for us if everyone's not listening. Yes. So make sure you bring your big headphones to PAX. Um, Yeah. But, but, (laughs) but. (laughs) Don't come to our good panel. Anyway. Back to the West Coast. Back to the West Coast. Back to the past. I Back to the past. I was at GDC. It was the Game Developers Conference. Had a lot. Of, uh, had a nice time chatting with people. I saw some games. What? I saw some games. It's not like E three. You do. You do a lot more like, oh, we're gonna network. We're gonna shake hands. We're gonna be buddies. Kind of meetings. <laughs> but pass diseases along to each other. I I am trying to will the diseases away. Simone, please oh, do not. God, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have mentioned their name. I know you shouldn't have said them. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I did play a couple of games that I think everybody would like to hear about, including this game called Falcon Age, um, which if you've never seen a trailer, it's a PSVR slash PlayStation game where you have a falcon friend. What? And your falcon friend sits on your hand and helps you do crimes. So What? <laughs> the the concept of the game is that you um you it's like it is the creators are uh, like inspired by Southeast Asian stuff, and it's very much like we there are colonial invaders who are mining around this village to cre- uh, to mine ore for like new fancy iPhones is basically what they were told. Mm. I was told. So it is. It's kind of finally like tropical. Fi- I know fighting back this uh, against this colonial invasion. One of the writers in the game is Meg Janeth, who wrote Eighty Days and is writing Sable. Oh, cool. Uh, so like interesting writing and um basically you use your falcon friend and his stun baton that you get to uh i what i did is a infiltration of a a refinery okay <laughs> to bust it up so part big a big part of the game is this bond with your little falcon that sits on your hand you can whistle for it you can give it treats there's a cooking element like breath of the wild <laughs> where you follow recipe cards to i made like a little uh like radish and rabbit snack oh for my, my falcon God. and gave it health. When your falcon gets hurt, you got to pull the quills out of its body. Oh! Um, there was a, a little cosmetic item to turn the falcon into a baby. Oh! And I put like a human baby. Mm-hmm, and I put wait a, a human baby. No, 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 no. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I can't believe I agreed to that. I was just going along with it. I just uh, sitting there with a human baby just sitting on my hand, and then I thrust my fist into the no! air, and the baby flies. <laughs> What if I didn't flag you just agreeing? No, I disagreed. I just was like, yeah, a human baby. Of course. Of course. No, a baby bird. And it makes eye contact and it does that little thing where it locks eyes with you and you oh. follows your head bob. Um, I'm yeah. wearing my makeup by dragging my fingers I know. down my face. Uh, and I, I gave my falcon her a nice crime outfit. She had a top hat and a monocle. Are you serious? <laughs> right now? Yeah. So a lot of the game, they they described it as kind of Firewatch length and and uh, maybe that kind of area size of like it's a four to six hour game. A lot of it involves like your relationship with your auntie and your mom and this falcon. And wow. so yeah, lots of strong, powerful women. Oh yeah, and uh, a bird and a bird who helps you. She the bird will go and attack drones. Oh. And knock stuff out of the sky. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Can send her to murder things. I don't care much about stealth. I feel like that's happened in video games before. The, but I care a lot about cooking 
having mm-hmm. a bird that wears clothes. The creator, Eka, <laughs> and I were talking, and I was like, Murder Bird. And he's like, oh, I should have called the game Murder Bird. Oh, Eka? Yeah. Um, God, what was that game that he made before? He's made a lot of stuff. The PSVR game. It was like one of the f- earliest PSVR games. You know what I'm talking about? Sun? No. I'll look it up, but he made this really awesome VR game. I'm curious. Which I played, and now I'm just. Yeah. I'm curious. So, the game that he made before came out like right around the PSVR. Um, It was like, it was a third person game and sort of platforming. And the whole thing was that he wanted it to, you know, not give you like vertigo or nausea that a lot of other VR games um, can give. So, he kind of studied how VR affects your like vision and your perspective so Way, as it's to called mitigate. wayward sky wayward sky yes. oh so i wonder if this has a similar sort of pleasant gameplay effect because i remember playing wayward sky and being like okay this is the one game that hasn't made me feel nauseous this this does have uh it's first person but there was like very gentle controls there were only a couple times where i had to be like oh wait i gotta readjust mm-hmm. Um, but it, it very much, it does some of the VR stuff where you have to like reach in your pouch and wh- and like hold your hand up to whistle. And that's a little sometimes goofy cause you were like, oh, I have to remember this weird sequence of steps. But, uh, at the same time, I also tried it not in VR and I was like, oh, this is way better in VR because you have your bird. And so your- when you play as the person, but then also do you play as the bird when you launch the bird? No, you just control where the bird launches. Oh, so you stay on the ground. You stay on the ground and you can point to the bird and also call her back. That's what I do in real life all the time when I see birds. Yeah, no, you can point and be like, kill that or nice. get that fruit or something. And oh, she can pick stuff out. Fruit? The fruit? Yeah, fruit. Oh, <laughs> she gathers fruit. That's so cute. Yeah, she brings stuff back to you. And she <sighs> killed a rabbit for me. So I was like, oh, there's the rabbit. And mm. she, it was great because it was a little rabbit steak when it returned to me. That can is you, great. Uh, sorry, can you upgrade your bird? Or is it just like a cosmetic? <laughs> um... I think it was mostly mostly cosmetic, but I think you give her health stuff that you're building for her. So I'm assuming some of those recipes probably also have buffs. Okay. But, but yeah, I didn't know if there. I don't think there was a bird upgrade tree. Mm, <laughs> a bird skill tree. Oh, that would be yeah. amazing. Actually, I do want that. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice that you don't actually play as the bird because I think that would be, you know, killing rabbits in first person as a giant bird. I know I did it very well in Edith Finch in that very good sequence where you play an owl, but. I might get too sad about it. But I like to tell birds to kill things. <laughs> mm-hmm. this, uh, mm. No, it was it's an extremely polygon show. It's fave game of the year, I feel. Perfect for me specifically, because I've always wanted to be that person who finds a bird tangled in fishing line or something and rescues it. And, and, and become a bonds. falconer. And become a falconer. You did catch a bird in Whole Foods once. Oh, I caught a bird in, in Whole the, Foods. Was it Whole I Foods or Robin in, Sorry, it was Gristides. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm clarification for no, caught yeah. a lot of birds. Fact checked. I caught a pigeon that was in my lobby, but it wasn't moving. That's three birds. Yeah, I've caught a lot of. That's birds a lot, in my life. and I'm pretty sure that's like in the span of one or two years. No, I think this is the game for you. It is so the game three for me. birds in the hand. Sometimes I think next time a pigeon flies by me really close on the street, I just want to reach out and grab it. No, Whoa. did you see uh, our friend um, David or Dee's had a tweet about he was looking at his phone on the way to work and a pigeon hit him in the face. <laughs> no. He like walked into a pigeon, and I 
was so scared. Like, I, I think I thought about that. And my first reaction to that, if it happened to me, is I would just start crying oh. immediately. And then I think I would just go home and then shower and then cry some more in the shower. I have a deathly fear of pigeons. So, yeah, yeah I think I would just have to, like, I don't even know. I would <gasps> pass so out. When I, I catch think. a pigeon, I shouldn't bring it to you. I don't smack so her in the face with the pigeon. I definitely, like, I imagine a pigeon <sighs> smacking him in the face <sighs> and this big puff of dust coming no! off of the bird. No! What a soft, intense, like feathery blow to the face. A forceful, meaty thunk. But that the front of the bird and the bottom of the bird are where all the sharp parts are. Oh shit. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was just its chest. The soft. You're just gonna get around get around back. I mean, I don't know what part of the bird hit him. I'm sure he didn't know. We gotta clear up we gotta see clarification. Allegra, I have a story for you. In college, I was sitting in the student union and I was reading this was a long time ago as I was reading this student newspaper, which I was had it up like this in front of my face like I was a spy in a movie. Uh, so you, I couldn't see the table in front of me and I was eating french fries. And then I lowered the paper and there no. were six pigeons. No! <laughs> and I just like screamed and started whacking at them with the paper like, no, these are my fries. Wait, so <laughs> when you reached over and ate a no, fry. I, I did. No, I suddenly heard a lot of cooing. Oh! But like, no, do you think no, I, that you ate some while they were there no, and you didn't know? No, she doesn't think that because she doesn't want I don't to think, think that. About but that. I bet that's what happened. I didn't. To me. I probably ate a pigeon poop. No, no, no you didn't eat a p- pigeon poop. But they, they poop were definitely there. They were there. They were sharing, and they're all poop. And you. I'm surprised you didn't like feel anyone like pecking. Your hands. A long very... time ago, I do not remember if they pecked me, but oh my god, I, mean, I blacked out. Very charitable <laughs> of them to share. They're fries. Excuse me. These were my six fries. Six against one, Chelsea. Majority rule. These were <laughs> big waffle fries. You do not oh, share those. No. They were their fries. <laughs> oh my god. It's traumatizing. That's horrible. Uh, but less traumatizing, and for Ashley specifically, I played Control at GDC, a yes. game that I know you're very interested in. Yeah. Uh, it's the newest game from Remedy, who has made Alan Awake, and they made the first two Max Payne games, and like a lot of interesting stuff. This game is weird. You're like, you're just a normal chick who goes into this like fake, like weird combination of like Men in Black meets the FBI, and you go in there, and then you suddenly something happens. You suddenly get all these psychic powers. Cool. And, uh, the psychic powers. When I watch someone play this game, I'm like, this looks janky. So you can like float in the air. Uh-huh. You can pick up any object and just fling it. You can uh, grab like the ground and use it as a shield and then project it. Or, like you make a shield, it pulls all the dirt and shit and then you project it out. And then you can just hyper punch people and go like melee them the hell. And you have a gun that you like psychically connect to and it changes modes. I like it. It's so weird. (laughs) So when I watch people play it, I'm like, this looks like kind of bad because you're just pulling all this furniture at you and you're floating straight up and you're (laughs) like, what the fuck is happening? But I played it and I was like, okay, this is actually kind of fun. Um, It makes no sense. When you vaporize the enemies, they like turn into pixelated dust. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. I saw that game at E3 last year. I did not get to play it. Um, but you were talking earlier about how when the trailer came out at E3, there were a lot of people being like, that looks shitty. That was me. It was you! <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, Ashley is the one who is excited. <laughs> Ashley is the dissenter. I thought that why it people was... people say that? I, for some reason, thought that it was a VR game or was going to be ported for VR because it looks very much like a game you would enjoy playing in VR. I mean, if it's like 
weird, interesting, you know, like spaces that you're in and you're floating and yeah. you're doing all this stuff. But as far as I know, I don't think it is on VR. No, I don't think it is. They didn't mention that. It's a so it is a third person game too. Mm. And it's like very interesting. <laughs> They're in lots of like weird spaces. They also use like font choices that kind of remind me of the Avengers, mm. where they like put when you entered a new area, it was like a huge bold font that was like right over the screen, like Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the dramatic. kitchen. It's very. <laughs> the kitchen. What if that happened when we entered the cafe <gasps> at Jack's Media? Like, the cafe. <laughs> Mom's house. Mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how uh, did you see much of the story? Sorry, this is me trying madly <laughs> no, to segue just, away from my dumb joke. I know, because it's a good joke. <laughs> the bathroom. <laughs> uh, the story, I saw a little bit of it. Um, it involves like some puzzles, but it was like kind of bonkers and hard to tell. Mm-hmm. And some parts of it, I was like, I don't know if this is cool because some parts of it reminded me of Prey. Like a little bit of it, like I was waiting for the stuff they hadn't seen before because you're in this whole complex the whole time. Yeah. And that was the stuff where I was like, this, like the weird shit is weird and cool, but like their older games didn't do the expected. And this part of it feels a little. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a place with evil scientists experimenting on people. Woo! You know, like... Never been done before Never. New, new shit. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of extra-dimensional stuff that is interesting, so mm-hmm. potentially cool. Yeah, the graphics certainly looked super-duper cool, and I'm intrigued about where the story is going. I remember not being, like, terribly impressed with just the, the general dialogue. It felt very... Video game. Yeah. Thank God nobody talked in this demo. Ha! <laughs> it was but very. We'll see. Yeah. We'll we'll see. I'm still skeptical, but it it felt fun to play. Uh, mm-hmm. The they got a, I got a comment from the developer that was like, "You like to punch people," <laughs> and I was what? like, "Yeah." I was like, "Well, it's more fun than shooting, uh, as we all know." Amazing. And also. It felt really good to just like come up and wallop someone and melee them into yeah. dust. Yes. I was like, why, why wouldn't anyone, everybody do this? You didn't play a test this right. What uh, platform were you playing it on? PS4. Okay, cool. Wow. And it the, it was running like smoothly and everything? And it was Yes. Cool. Yes. It doesn't look, I wouldn't say that it looks like the most modern thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does look like earlier PS4, but it, it looks good. Baller. All right. Any no. other thoughts about Control? You're no. just looking forward to it. It's coming out this summer. I'm at least I'm at least excited to see Remedy is a place that it comes up with weird shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe this will be a good weird shit versus like Quantum Break, which was a bad, bad weird shit. Yeah. So I don't know. I like I like people that are like, oh no, I want to do something really bizarre. And they definitely at least can think outside that area. It's my autobiography. It's one of those autobiographies. It's one of those books that has two covers. There's a cover on the front that's good weird shit. And then another cover on the back. Turn it upside down and it's bad weird shit. No, it's his mom's house. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. An influential poll from the New York Times and Siena College last month showed that 23% of registered black voters said if the election was held today, they'd vote for Donald Trump. Now, this is a big deal. Black voters historically vote Democrat overwhelmingly. On Sunday, I sat down at South by Southwest with Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne commands one of the largest young black audiences in the country as co-host of The Breakfast Club. And he's become known for his blunt and provocative interviews of politicians and his critiques of Joe Biden and the Democrats. I'm the type of person, I, I feel like as a black person, 
I don't see how we're beholden to either one of these parties. I don't understand these black conservative crazies, and I don't understand these black liberal crazies either. I think as a black person, you shouldn't be beholden to any political party in this country because we haven't really seen... Um, I mean, I, Democrats have done more, but we haven't really seen anybody systemically help us get out of the situation that we're in. Because I think that's something that people never truly address. Charlemagne the God on Today Explained. Every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Ashley, you started playing Sekiro. Shadows die twice. Nice. Uh-huh. Thanks. It's my deep voice. It's my <laughs> it's man voice. voice. Okay, so I have started playing Sekiro. I'm not very far in it. Um, and I have seen some things. I have seen some things. <laughs> I am not quite sure what it's truly about, as it doesn't really tell you. It's very cryptic in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a swordsman who has been sort of taken in by uh, this um, like head, I guess, other head swordsman guy, samurai, mm. who serves this uh, this family. Sort of anyway. a human centipede of swordsmen, if you will. <laughs> no? <laughs> no? No? Uh, there's no bodies being stitched together. <laughs> okay. Uh, and nobody's on. heads in anyone's rear end. <laughs> except for Ant Man. Don't look at me! <laughs> Don't look at me! Anyway. Um, <laughs> but okay, so I have started playing, and for context, I've never beaten a Souls game. I've never beaten Bloodborne. I think the most from software game I've ever played was Bloodborne, but still was in the very beginning unsure where to go and I have tried I have tried to play this game and Dark Souls 3 multiple times have more or less given up so I played this game um, because I've heard it is more newcomer friendly in terms of from software games and you should not mistake that with easier because it's still really fucking hard it's definitely still a from software game but it does make some things a bit more clear and I think I don't know for me that was the perfect amount so um, I go in, I start playing. As Simone, we were talking about a very large rooster that yeah. you can find um, sitting atop one of the platforms. And like this game, you know, you're you're playing as a shinobi, so you can sneak around. You have this prosthetic where there's like an arm grapple, so like you're a lot more mobile in this game than any other from software game. So you and there's some stealth involved, which like I really like because I'm like I I can't deal with. Enemies fighting. or fighting, <laughs> but this is Game not play. the game where no, you. No, not you, for me. Not for me. Especially not from Farm Software. Um, but you cannot actually depend on stealth in its entirety. Like you do, really have to still fight things. I mean, I think getting around is easier. You can pick and choose your battles. Anyway, uh, back to the scary rooster though that I couldn't deflect because apparently you can deflect almost anything in this game. And that is like a big fact that everyone's been saying, which is like pretty great. Um, And it is a little bit easier, I think, just rudimentary from me trying to play Dark Souls 3 for the first time. Mm -hmm. Horrendous, never got past that boss. Uh, Or mate, no, I did, and then I gave up right after. Um, The rooster. But the rooster is fucking scary as hell because- He's not even a boss. He's not a boss. You go up there, he actually looks like a normal rooster, 
um, from afar, and even up close, he looks normal. But then you get close to it, and then it notices you, and you're like, oh, fuck. Okay, that's fine, whatever. And then it starts crowing. But then when it starts crowing, it's, it, like, stands up straight, and it, like, spreads its wings. And, oh, my God, I have, like, a fear, like, a huge phobia of large birds. Like, any bird that is, like, even, like, pigeon size or larger just scares the shit out of me. So this bird just rears up, is extremely large, and loose towards me with its giant fucking flapping wings and then like does these like series of jump kicks and like slashes my character to death it's fucking scary no he's horrible (laughs) he's terrible he's not they're not always there there i did discover a courtyard like there you know you can get rewards obviously you go and you loot some houses and they're like oh you should loot houses because it's so hard you should just take what you can get which is true but i stumbled upon a courtyard and it was full of roosters and it was the worst moment of my life I got scratched to death and pecked to death by these roosters did not take long for me to die it was horrible but in any case the rooster have I figured out how to deflect it because you can deflect the rooster because I deflected a wolf a dog you can deflect a dog. I deflected a dog, so I thought I could deflect the rooster. Turns out I cannot deflect the rooster. You personally I, or just people in no, general? No, I personally can't do it. I'm sure other people in, can do it, but abilities. also, like, I'm, I'm too busy screaming, ew, 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 That's ew, okay. Ew. I'm too busy right like, now. Like, to, like, actually press L1 at the right time because I'm so busy going, like, ew, get it away, get it away. Uh, but yeah. this game is super, super, super hard, and I want to tell you about a really, really good moment that I had. Um, by good I mean like terrifying and I've never had this type of thing happen to me in a game before so I thought that I found this secret path spoiler alert, Ashley it's not a secret path you dumbass this is actually where you're supposed to go but it's just hidden so I'm, I'm going down this path which involves like I'm on the side of a cliff and I have to sort of jump down to a series of platforms. I, I descend like lower and lower into this like gorge area mm-hmm. and it's like snowing. So I'm going and I'm seeing things and like I'm hearing like the wind like whooshing. I'm like, oh God, like this is really intense. So I keep grappling and I get to um, the mouth of like this cave entrance and I'm like, okay, cool. This is where I'm supposed to go. And like the whooshing gets intense and I feel like the camera's kind of shaking and I'm like, oh my God, like this is really intense. And then I turned around to see the cave entrance where I was at and I saw completely like just an open snake jaw completely covering the hole and I saw it's like fangs and was drooling was like smashing its head again and it was like trying to like get at me and I realized that that wasn't the wind it was the snake moving around and he was just coming for you oh and you were you didn't know that he was behind nope. you? I was like, do-do-do-do-do. Oh. I was like, wow, this gorge sure is windy. Oh. You fucking idiot. <laughs> Giant snake. And then I saw that, and then, you know, he couldn't get in, so then he, like, went away. And I was like, well, that was fucking terrifying. And so I'm on my merry way, and then I'm like, oh, 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 I, oh, there's your face. Okay. And it's, like, come, it's, like, slither. It's huge, by the way. So it's, like head is like rearing up out of like the mist and I'm like okay well I'm behind this rock thing so I'm fine I'm just gonna wait for it to go away because I don't want to I don't know how it would even begin to uh, attack that and then it struck it ate me through the rock and I have I screamed and I have not opened it since and this was last week it ate you through the rock it like yeah it's jaws snapped through the rock and I died oh my god I thought I was safe I was 
not safe. Um, that was really scary. This game is full of uh, really unexpected, terrifying monsters, but it's so cool. But I'm really, guys, I'm so bad at it, but I don't care, but I'm so bad. I tricked myself into thinking that I could play it when Same. I was recording, or not recording, editing the gameplay video. I was you know, watching the gameplay and being like, oh, this, he's doing fine, I could do this. Yeah. This is normal, and no. No, I, I don't think that I can. I I've heard I've heard stories. I've heard tell. I'm I've it, been put off. It, if it makes you feel better, everybody seems to be having issues. Yeah. I mean, I did feel amazing once I killed the chained ogre, like like one of the first like major bosses, and uh, yeah. that that thing is terrifying. But like, and it took me like honestly almost a whole day to get past it because, like I said. I'm bad at video games, and I'm specifically bad at from software games. And it made me feel first really bad because like Mike McWhorter is very good at this, mm -hmm. and he like beat the Chained Ogre in like maybe okay. less than five tries. No, then he like but got, he already played that. I part. know, <laughs> but, but then he like advanced to like two more bosses. Like he played so much in one day, and it took me maybe three or four days to get there. Yeah. But I also am like, but Ashley, you've like never played a Souls game, really. You've yeah. never played a Bloodborne game. So no. I think the key here is like, Sekiro is doable. Take it from someone who's bad at video games. It's doable, but like you just have to not get discouraged by other people. I think that's what's tough Don't for me. That is extremely play. good advice because you also, you like have to give yourself credit. You've been playing harder and harder things. Like people who listen to this show, you've tackled like, Hotline Miami, which is a hard game. You're playing like much more challenging games than you were when you started recording this podcast. It's true. This podcast has made you a better gamer. I'm a hardcore <laughs> gamer. Uh, no, I'm so excited. Stupid soda show has made Three you better fucking gamer. Casuals and one hardcore. Hey, I gamer. beat the Chained Ogre before Chris Grant did, which is amazing. Whoa. Nice. Did you but take maybe a picture of it? No, but also he has a child, so maybe I should. Children. <laughs> I'm like gloating over like, oh, I did it before this guy. I did it before the man with the family. Whatever. <laughs> Crunch wraps your child. Oh, yeah. He's just as demanding. He's he is. Fine. Do not. <laughs> I'm just pointing out that now you're going to have to play Hollow Knight. No. <laughs> I, I couldn't like I couldn't finish Celeste and I didn't want to. It's, so oh, Hollow Knight is easier mm. than Celeste. Oh. Yeah. What? I don't know. They seem equally. It's, what if well, you lend Ashley your switch on the train tomorrow? Yeah, I'll do that. You can start a new save of Hollow Knight. Let's put Ashley in a confined space where or she, she can, can't make a lot of noise. And she and make her play a game yeah. that will make her scream. <laughs> oh my god, me in a soundproof chamber playing games. That would be so sure. scary. That would be really sure. fun to watch from yeah. the outside. <laughs> That's basically what happened when your fucking Thanos butthole article <laughs> Hit Polygon today. Can I briefly hit Vox.com? Excuse me. It hit Vox.com, but then it hit Polygon section of the office and sewed mass chaos. No, please describe the article and what happened. Oh, oh, yeah. You finally you quit, so you can finally write about buttholes. That's true. I DM'd my friend. I DM'd my friend, and I was like, "It took me two and a half years to get a butthole story approved on Polygon. It took me seven days at Vox." <laughs> So Allegra did a wonderful explainer on Vox.com, uh, her place of employment, about how 
people are theorizing that Ant-Man could beat Thanos in the new Avengers movie by being real small and crawling in his butthole and then growing into a 60-foot tall man. Why couldn't he climb in his ear or mouth? That was also a suggestion. <laughs> or even That was addressed. That was addressed. Wait, was it? Because at the end, we mentioned there is precedent here. Because Monica Rambeau, if you've seen Captain Marvel, which I believe most of us have, uh, Monica Rambeau is also known as Captain Marvel. In a spin-off like the Ultimates, um, she is fighting Thanos and she has the idea to go in his ear and go to his brain and then like take over his brain because she can also shrink. But Thanos has extremely powerful wax. The soul stone was in his ear all along. Um, wow. So Sorry, carry on. He can um, basically take, he can wrest control over his mind, even as she was like trying to oh, yeah. put some device in his brain. So then she was able to force him, or he was able to force Monica Rambo, aka Spectrum, out of his brain. But then I was talking to my colleague, Alex, who is a very big Marvel nerd, and we were saying, like, okay, so if that didn't work for Monica, would this work for Ant-Man? He was like, well, we don't know if he has the same sort of abilities over his bowels and colon as he does over his brain. He may very not true. have the same sort of control and possession of them, which is why it might make more sense for Ant-Man to try the butthole. What if he doesn't have a colon, though? <gasps> You know what I mean? Like, what, what if Thanos doesn't need to poop? Like, or, what if yeah. his, or, like, you know what I mean? What if he doesn't have a butthole? So here's the thing. We have to f look to find out. You we have to look for it. the butthole. Yeah. What? what is the anatomy of Thanos, first of all? We I mean, need to know got, if he has a, a butthole or I mean, a colon. if you've ever been on Tumblr, you know he's got something. Uh, no, uh, he doesn't. Uh, that's uh, not canon, not Frank. And also, what if what if he poops out of those weird things on his chin? Oh, <laughs> what weird things? <laughs> his whole texture situation on he his just chin. Eats no. it and, like, why would that out be of his chin? Those are just wrinkles. No, his skin's just dry. <laughs> what if it's poor? Like he spins spores out in the world, and he doesn't even need to eat or poop. Come on, like. Well, then why do you need to send out spores? You just don't poop. You don't eat. It's fine. I'm just, <laughs> this is troubling. I don't know. Anyway, we... Uh, Nobody knows Titan Anatomy. No, we don't. We don't know. And we should never know. Um, I, would, I would like everyone to read that article for one specific reason, and that is the interview with Paul Rudd that oh. apparently happened a year ago, but I missed it. I missed it. Where somebody tells him about the butthole theory... And he has to answer of the fucking question of was Ant-Man not in Infinity War Part 1 because he's going to beat Thanos by crawling into his butthole and then turning 65 feet tall. And the, the, the journalist also like is not even the one asking the question. The journalist makes Paul Rudd read the tweet aloud from a phone. So you get to see the progression of Paul Rudd. Oh my Imagine God. Imagine having that power. I had to run into a conference room and scream. It happened. And I, I saw a video of Ashley just in a conference room through the glass, just yelling silently. <laughs> It was very good. Oh um, God, you ruined a good half hour of our work day. <laughs> you so did. You're doing a good job at Vox.com of sabotaging your your former home. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, tell us about Jordan Peele's new movie, Us. Us, 2019, directed by Jordan Peele. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll do my vague spoiler warning oh, sure. again. We're not going to spoil Us. 
but we will be discussing probably details of the plot. So if you really, really care about that, go away. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Um, yes. So us came out, I believe it was last Friday as of this episode's airing. Um, it is Jordan Peele's second film after Get Out. His sophomore effort. Oh, after his debut feature, Get Out. Um, and it's... <laughs> You uh, fucking idiot! That <laughs> 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 oh, oh, I see God, somebody I went to film school. It's not that, it's just at the end. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I've heard that many times today. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Get Out was more of like a, I won't call it a horror comedy, but it was sort of, it didn't neatly map to a typical horror film. And reportedly Jordan Peele was like, no, it was supposed to be a horror film. Why is everyone confused? I'm going to make a real horror film this time. So Us is more straightforward horror. Um, Just a really basic overview premise. It stars Lupita Nyong'o as the mother of a family of four her name is Adelaide and the family goes to their summer home in Santa Cruz on the beach and they want to have a nice vacation but first mistake first mistake you can't do that uh, in America and second mistake is that she has some traumatic memories of this this particular area she went here as a child went there as a child and she's starting to freak out. She's like, I don't know if I don't feel good being here. Uh, husband, whose name I'm forgetting right now, Gabe. And Gabe's like, chill out, Lupita. <laughs> and then they look outside and there's a family of four standing on their driveway wearing red jumpsuits and saying nothing. Turns out the family looks exactly like them. Whoa. They're us. So yeah. they must save themselves from these home invaders. Mm-hmm. Um and it's very, very creepy. So I know Ashley and I have seen it. Chelsea, you have not yet. No. And I thought about going to see it in Oakland, but I was like, I'm by myself. And, I, and I'm and i then staying in an Airbnb by myself. No. Yeah, it's a home invasion sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, no, so. no, 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 no. Uh, well, Ashley and I have seen it. Simone knows everything about it because that's what she does. Yeah. <laughs> but well, uh, Just consider me the, the Polygon show listener stand-in who doesn't yeah. know anything. So I love Get Out. It's one of my favorite movies of the decade or century, honestly. It was definitely my best picture for 2017. This one did not resonate as much with me because I think it was trying to be a bit more straightforward in the sense of it wasn't straightforward at all, which we can get into, but it felt more distinctly a traditional horror film. Mm -hmm. And I do love horror a lot, but it didn't really pique my interest in the same kind of like cultural, culturally relevant sense as Get Out, which is not to say that there aren't parts of it that do speak very much thematically to like what's going on right now in the culture. It's very allegorical. But as Ashley and I talked about, there's like myriad interpretations you can make about the significance of, you know, this family that looks exactly like them and various other things that happen in the movie. Um, And I don't feel as though it's very hard to actually like define which one makes the most sense because I feel as though each interpretation you make whether it's about class or privilege or race or um, God like abuse uh, my friend said religion mm-hmm. uh, scientific ethics like there's just <laughs> so many different 
reads that I'm hearing that mm-hmm. I don't feel as though the film necessarily supports any of them so strongly in favor of just being like, there's a lot of gore and it's real scary. So you feel like it, it's less that it's offering you a myriad of options for interpretation and more just kind of unclear about what it is. Yeah, to I say. feel as though as opposed to it being like a smart film that is heavily allegorical in some way that we can easily discuss. I think it does offer different avenues of reading, but nothing about the film itself is like so concrete as to really lend a special, especially clear credence to any of them, mm-hmm. which I feel is like increasingly frustrating as I've been thinking about the movie. Like I originally was like, oh, I think it's about this. And then I talked to Ashley who had some different ideas. And then I talked mm-hmm. to my friend who gave me a huge list. And I was like, I thought of none of these. And honestly, that's like- That's wild. Strange, it's kind of cool, but also it's like, I feel like this kind of speaks to like the movie is more fun to just watch as like scary than actually like, let me read into everything. Because I feel as though I'll never actually pull anything out. That's kind of what Karen said when I talked to her about it was that she's trying to just stay in a space where- she didn't think about it too hard and just yeah. had fun with the experience. Did Has Jordan talked about what it means at all? I mean, he said he wanted something to be a little bit more of a horror movie, but he also said every single part of the movie is deliberate. Everything in there mm-hmm. means something. And I think that's generally true even on the plot level. Like a thing you see very early on will then, you know, return later on like Chekhov's gun or whatever. But... I don't know. It just doesn't feel as like mm-hmm. clear cut in the same way that Get Out was in terms of an allegory. I, I mean, I think he, um, Jordan Peele, uh, mentioned that part of what he really wanted was, you know, once the credits rolled, he, you know, it was more than likely that the person watching it would turn to whoever's next to them and, you know, be ready to have a conversation about it. Um, and the way I I agree with you, Allegra, one hundred percent in that. Like, if you, the listener, even watch the movie, it is not always like you think it will be very clear. Like, oh well, there's at least like a couple of themes like that it's about that I could pick out. But you know, as it goes on and then it ends, it it does it becomes increasingly unclear. Um, and I think that you know it does have elements of a traditional horror movie, but. My takeaway is that it's more of a open interpret like an open invitation for interpretation on an American socioeconomic commentary that Jordan Peele is making. Um, and I feel like he sets it almost like a sandbox kind of thing, right? Where like he's like, here are some things, here are the like some parameters and go to town on it. And I, I know that he, you know, um, has said that there are, deliberate choices he's made. And I know that Allegra and I have debated on, you know, some of the like visually thematic things that reoccur. Like we've also been like, what the hell does that mean? Like, could it be this? And and it's yeah. a lot of like, and it's interesting because I think it's less for me about the experience of watching that movie and more of discussing it. And I'm not sure if he intended it to be so much more of a discussion piece than Get Out. And discussion being like, theorizing right and less about like here are this this and this and let's dissect this um and i also read a really interesting take that i do kind of agree with uh, in that um you know jordan peele's two horror movies seem to stand very back to back together and that get out you know at its core was about uh the horror of right like a suppressed 
identity of a completely suppressed, repressed bleh, mm-hmm. identity. And rather, uh, us is the opposite in that it is the horror of your identity coming out and leaking out. Uh. And I think like a lot of this definitely has to do with, uh, you know, themes of like identity in America. I think there are a lot of, like you said, like there are a lot, could be class, could be race, could be privilege. And honestly, I think it's probably all of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, as also somebody who's like started to enjoy horror too, if you're like, you know, on the fence about seeing it because, you know, it is a horror movie and my roommate asked me, like, should I see it? Like, I'm really bad with horror. Um, I've already read all the spoilers, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, honestly, I, I wasn't that scared while watching it. I mm-hmm. think like once, you know, Allegra, as you said in the beginning, it's like clear the stage is set, right? There's this other family that looks like them. Oh, my God. And they want to kill us. Oh, no. It's <laughs> sort of like once you have that mur- that sort of murder mm-hmm. house, like yeah. ground laid, it was sort of unsurprising for me. Mm-hmm. The only real surprising thing was I did not know Tim Heidecker was in that movie. <laughs> I thought that was the scariest part. I thought that was fucking hilarious. He I was really it. good, too. Yeah. I, do you think that um, it was not as scary as the trailer was, Allegra? I think the trailer, sort of to your point, Ashley, like once that part is established, like the home invasion, like I think, and that's established in the trailer as well, It's like, where do you go from there? Like, that's inherently scary. We've already seen them in the house and whatnot. So really, it's just like the level of violence that it can achieve. And this is a very violent movie, Mm -hmm. I think. Like, that, it didn't really scare me, but I there were times when I was, like, grabbing my friend, and I was like, ah! (laughs) There's some intense things that happen. There's definitely, it gets very tense. I think it's very tense. Um, So I think, like, in terms of it being legitimately scary, there wasn't anything that, like, really surprised me that I wasn't prepped for like knowing the premise and having seen the trailer. What I was most, I think the biggest frustration that we both share are this movie does not answer a lot of like, it does sort of answer Mm -hmm. your questions. There's like, right, every movie has some like brief explanation period and they do have one, but there are like a lot of other, you know, I think like concrete elements where we're just like, okay, but well, what about that? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like Mm -hmm. you're not, how does that how does that make any sense? And, you know, clearly, you know, Jordan Peele is an intelligent man. Like it's not it, it's not done like by accident. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I know that he's mentioned that for him, he's mapped this whole universe in the us quote universe. Um, so he definitely does have underlying explanations. I just think that the lack of explanation almost I feel like parallels the frustration of like the lack of theories that we have and the lack Mm -hmm. of like just would you have almost liked it better if there were zero explanation whatsoever because I know there's like a stab at like this is why they exist would Mm -hmm. you have liked it better if it were either more thoroughly explained or just zero justification for why the doppelgangers are there in a way I think um Honestly, initially, I probably would, but I also think that that would just completely um, contradict the point of the movie, though. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I totally agree. Like, there definitely needs to be some sort of clarity as to, like, who these people that look like us are. But it is explained in this very overt way that. I think introduced way more questions for me. Yeah. Like the way it's literally explained, it's like, well, here's me telling you what what it what's going on basically. Yeah. 
And for some reason, like putting it that way where someone is like, here is the knowledge that you are seeking. I'm like, OK, but now I have questions and you're not letting me ask the questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I want the answers. I exactly. Not the that too. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like there is a person here who might be able to answer and questions. And they're like, well, OK. And then they move on. And I'm like, wait. Yeah, exactly. Versus if it were like shown or something. It's yeah. like, well, I can't ask anybody. I'm just going to wonder. But like at least no one knows. Versus like this pinch knows. Why did you ask this pinch? <laughs> I mean, I think this, this movie very much. Much like in that episode we had with Karen Allegra, I think it it challenged um, my expectations and my biases for movies, right? And how, like storytelling and techniques and how they play out. Like Ash is purest white. When I saw it, I was intensely frustrated because I was like, "What the fuck? That's it? Yeah, come on!" Um, and in a way, th- this movie do- does that also. And I'm sort of I don't know. I'm in this interesting place. I think where I'm sort of rearranging my expectations and biases of filmmaking and storytelling through filmmaking I, I noticed that like I have some you know as anyone would impatience with the mm-hmm. lack of answers but it's like yeah. that's the point <laughs> it's vague it's open to interpretation as is life and uh. as you know as humans we're all like no just tell me what I should know <laughs> exactly <laughs> 2019 mood you're kind of making me want to see it and maybe uh, our audience We'll yeah. watch it as well. It's I'm, definitely, yeah, I don't want to like seem, I don't think either of us are down on it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we both really, really liked it. I would give yeah. it a seven out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good score, but it also doesn't make me want to see it in a theater, if you know what I mean. Mm. Mm. Yeah, actually, this is one I think I would enjoy watching on my couch. I mean, not that I ever see a horror movie. You wouldn't enjoy it anywhere. <laughs> Surprise. No, like, get fair. out. Yeah, get out's like an essential theater going experience. Like, mm-hmm. I saw it twice in theaters at like, first half of the year and second half of the year like completely like different times and both times it was so fun and amazing versus this one I was like "Eh, no one's really like getting so like oh yeah because people got really hyped yeah it was Mm -hmm. like very fun to see it at a theater yeah Mm -hmm. I mean I would still say see it in theaters because film was made to be seen on the big screen okay Steven Spielberg Uh-huh. And on that note, uh, if you have played Sekiro or watched us and have things to say about it, why don't you email us at polygonshow at polygon.com so we can know what you think. Uh, again, I will remind people that we have a show coming up in Nashville at the end of May and also the beginning of June because it, it overlaps. The oh my God, I was like, going, okay, surprise! I was like, we have another thing. Nope. It's Pod X. Uh, and if you're interested in tickets uh, and in getting 10% off tickets, you can go to podx.com slash TPS. And I hope that we will see you there. If you haven't reviewed the show yet, you should do that on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it so that they can listen too. Thank you, everyone. This has been The Polygon Show. <laughs> <laughs>